Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. We are here once again today with our Leader in Highlight radio program. Um, we have a guest on our program today that I'm honored to have on our program. Very excited to have here today Michael Knight from TTI. Um, Women in Electronics is a talent development organization, nonprofit organization set up in the electronic component industry to develop the talent of the women. And Michael, who's here today, I will turn it over in just one second for you just to introduce yourself, Michael, what you do, what your position is, but TTI has been a big supporter of women in electronics. And with that, I'll turn it over to you to introduce yourself. Thanks, Jackie. Uh, good morning. Um, my name is, Jackie said, is Michael Knight. I'm the president of the TTI Semiconductor Group, which uh, at some point through this, I suspect I will touch on a little bit more. I'll take you guys into that rabbit hole um, a little bit if you're interested, but I also have a, a, a second role, which is uh, corporate business development with uh, at TTI, which is also um, very interesting because part of what I'm doing is looking across the family of companies that make up TTI, uh, trying to identify ways we can collaborate where collectively we can bring more value to our suppliers and customers. And uh, with the name, you know, the name of the game obviously is growing ahead of market. So, uh, so I've got, I think, one of the coolest jobs in the industry. And uh, I think through the course of this, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how that developed. Well, Michael, you're obviously doing a fantastic job. But before we get into all of that, um, you know, we've seen you professionally. A lot of us have seen you at industry conferences and, and different things. You've always been somebody who's been well-respected. But behind that, just to start the conversation, um, you know, behind the scenes, you know, what is it that is some of your hobbies or what are some of your interests outside of work, just so we can get to know you a little bit better as far as just who you are and, you know, what are you interested in? Oh, boy, uh, where to start? I have a bazillion interests and probably a couple of lifetimes worth of uh, hobbies, but um, probably uh, first and foremost is uh, animal rescue dogs in particular. It's actually something I get to do with my wife. We're both really passionate about this and have been doing it for a long time. In fact, we work with a rescue group here in Texas um, and, and the work is super great for the soul and really important, especially in a place like Texas where most of the shelters are actually kill shelters. People don't realize it, but when they bring their dog to a shelter here and turn it over, um, the shelter actually can put it down before the person's even left the parking lot if the shelter's overcrowded and generally they are. So there's a massive problem with uh, animal abuse and neglect uh, down here. And it, it's not just limited to dogs, it's horses, goats, cats, uh, you name it. Mm. But we, um, we focus on dogs and uh, you know, dogs are our passion. So that's where I um, put a uh, fair amount of time. My wife puts in a huge amount of time because it's a pretty good uh, five, uh, 501c that we're involved with and she's on the executive committee there. Um, other things that I like to do, I'm, I'm a huge outdoors person. So anything outdoors catches my eye. I'm a skier. 
scuba diver, um, used to backpack a lot, used to sail a lot, um, you know, rain or, rain or shine, I'm outdoors if I can. Um, and then probably the last one I'm, I'm known for, which is a little, I suppose, eclectic, is I'm a restorer of old British uh, motorcycles and vintage American farm tractors, and I've gotten into old uh, pickup trucks as well, and I've got a pretty good sized collection of these things that I've done over the course of about 30 years. I've got a collection of stuff that's finished, a collection of stuff that's been a work in uh, progress, some of which is, I've been working on and dragging around with me for 20 years. And then of course, all the parts and pieces and tools that, uh, that uh, go along with it. So that, um, wow. um, and that's uh, honestly, it's just, Sorry, I'm, I, I, maybe I have ADD when it comes to hobbies, but. Well, where do you store all these? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah good, good question. I've got a, a pretty good sized workshop at my house, but for uh, most of my life with my wife, which is now getting ready to uh, click 26 years, um, we've moved on average about every year and a half. So uh, I've drug all this stuff around with me and at times it's been stored in containers and some crates and um but it's uh uh it, I, I keep telling her to you know sit tight it's all going to make sense when i get to retirement this is what's going to keep me out of her hair um this is where you know if you want to find me when i've retired uh you got to go to go to the workshop <laughs> well it seems like with everything you do whether it's your professional life your personal life you're really engaged you know that's the thing that i'm noticing about you if you do something you're going to do it and that's kind of an endearing quality. Ah, well, thank you. And that's, uh, it, it's, um, it's a really important observation because it, for me, whether it's my work at TTI or it's my hobbies or work with the animals or even when it comes to my family, it really is all about uh, purpose and engagement. It's about working towards something, working on something. Um, and that's uh, that's been... That's really important to me. It's a North Star for me. I, I know it sounds kind of corny, but it's something I'm very uh, mindful of. I think it's important to be an active participant in life, to not take uh, anything for granted because, you know, obviously we don't have a, uh, an infinite amount of time, at least at this point uh, on earth. Um, and uh, so, you know, I to, to play to win. Well. Wow. Obviously you do, and you've been highly successful. And I'm really looking forward to digging in more about your career um, with TTI and just how you got there. Before I do that though, one of the things that I've noticed, so many people have noticed, and you're actually now in our industry, one of like the influencers um, on social media because you're so researched. Um, that's the thing that if I can think of you, the one thing that comes to my mind is the research you do. And um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that because you have this thirst for knowledge and the content you put out is very credible. And so I'm curious, like, where do you get your information? What inspires you to do this? How do you have time to do this with the career that you have? I mean, this is pretty amazing, um, this aspect of what you put out in the industry. Can you just get into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, and it's... Um... I feel extremely fortunate in that I, I believe I was born with an oversized dose of curiosity. Um, and it's, 
uh, it, it's really an important attribute for me personally, and it's it's driven me along in my career and in lots of other ways. Um, you know, in curiosity is one, you know, speaking of social media. Sometime last year, I wrote an article on curiosity. I put out on LinkedIn um, because I I got curious about curiosity and read a lot about it. And um, it's a it's a fascinating concept and one that's actually not very well understood in terms of how it functions within your brain, but obviously uh, intrinsically, it's extremely important to our survival uh, and our development. And when we're very young, we're all intensely curious. And that's how you learn to speak as quickly as you do. That's how you learn uh, what's dangerous to stay away from, uh, what's uh, sustaining to gravitate towards. Um, but over time, that, that curiosity tends to diminish. And for some reason, uh, not, uh, overly obvious to me. Um, mine hasn't. It's actually in a weird way strengthened. And it's one of the things I talked about in this article I wrote is I think it's one of those things, if you focus on it and you practice at it, it it's uh, not only gets easier, but it becomes more ingrained in you. And it's, it's very, uh, it's very enriching. So the, one of the ways it manifested in me is I'm a power reader of all kinds of stuff. And one of the things technology has done for me is allow me to develop uh, customized new news feeds on things that fascinate me. So I have stuff being pushed to me all the time and I power read through it. If I'm at a stoplight, I'm looking at it. If I'm eating lunch by myself, I'm looking at it. So I'm just sucking in tons of stuff, sometimes uh, going deep, sometimes just uh, skimming over it. And then in the background, my brain's just uh, uh, making connections and integrating it. And I've got, I'm a, I'm a list maker and I've got lists of stuff that I think is really uh, interesting and very relevant to our industry. So I probably have a couple of years worth of things that I've got lined up for putting out on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, but so that's, you know, th that's how I do it. And it's, it's uh, been really helpful to me in, in my career. Uh, I, I'll give you a, give you a, a little story. Um, oh, geez, I don't know how long ago this was. I was working for a company called uh, McKenzie Technology. We were a level two interconnector, IC socket maker. And um, I had been watching what was going on with uh, processor clock speeds and uh, reading about it, talking to customers about what the trends were. And I realized there was gonna, we were getting to a point where the, the signal speeds and the devices that we were connecting were gonna get uh, fast enough where you're gonna start to have crosstalk issues between uh, adjacent signals. And I, I came up with the idea for an impedance controlled socket that basically within the socket, what we did was build in almost the, an RF connector structure. So you have a signal surrounded by uh, dielectric or an insulator to uh, prevent the signal from propagating over to a, an adjacent pin. Um, and I got a couple of patents for it and it was, it was a really cool thing. And it actually uh, helped me gain some attention inside of the large organization that uh, we became a part of when we were acquired. Um, so it ended up being a really good for my career as well. But so, you know, it, it, I think it's important. You gotta put yourself out there, be curious um, and, uh, process. And for me personally, it makes life so much more interesting. It makes my work life, honestly, like a hobby.
Wow. Well, that's a very good point. You know, one thing I have to add too is as you're taking in information and that story you told, by the way, was fascinating. Like that could be a whole nother discussion, but I, I wanted to mention you're also a critical thinker. And I think that that is something super important for people to understand is when you're taking in information and you're processing it, you know, critical thinking is really important. And how are you taking it in? What do you think about it? And what's the truth behind it? So one of the things that I'm passionate about because I started my career in journalism. So one of the first things they teach you is to never believe anything you read and check all your sources. So <laughs> one thing that I notice about you, because where I spend a lot of my time is double checking re, you know, sources and where are they getting their information? Is this credible? You have credible sources. So what is your process for checking these sources? And because you tend to put out very credible information. So a lot of people nowadays look at things that they read online as just truth and they don't really check it. So what's your process for that? Well, um, yeah, that's a really important topic these days. You know, we're living in the, uh, the fake news era, I guess. Um, so it, it, one, it's, uh, I'm really careful to, uh, if I'm going to talk about something in public post something or whatever, to make sure that my information is coming from a source that's uh, uh, unreproachable. You know, it's, um, and a lot of it is based on individuals that I've been following a long time who are well-known or recognized uh, experts in their field. Um, might be an author like uh, Yuval Harari, who I adore. He's, he wrote the books, uh, um, Sapiens and Homo Deus, which by the way, are, I think are must read for everybody. Um, so it's, it, it's that, uh, different news sources, industry news sources. Um, a lot of what I'm uh, processing and integrating is also coming from directly from conversations with leaders in their field. You know, I have the opportunity through my job to meet a lot of really interesting people who are, you know, cutting edge or thought leaders and everything from like computer science to robotics to AI and that kind of thing. So probably the, the way I'm fact-checking, and I'm not even sure that's maybe the right term to put on it is, but I, you know, I, I agglomate, all, uh, agglomate all of this and I'm looking for patterns and consistencies like, oh yeah, I've heard three other people talk about this and I've read five things. And, you know, it's all kind of leading to the same direction. But the other thing, too, that I want to point out is one of the things I'm trying to do is um, uh, provide an opinion, but it's, it's an opinion that's based on lots of thought and lots of data, but to make sure that uh, people know it, it's, you know, it's my opinion and uh, ask for feedback on it because it's not... I, I try very hard to have my opinions not be set in stone. So if I get new information that uh, contradicts the conclusion that I've come to or uh, invalidates an opinion I have, then I want to, I want to incorporate that. But it's a, it's, it's a process that's just kind of rolling around in, in my head that, um, you know, occasionally I sit down at a keyboard and you'll see some of it appear on LinkedIn every now and then. Well, thank you for everything you do, because I do believe 
that um, the content you put out is very credible. And, and it is a unique position in what you do for your career at TTI and having the contacts throughout your career journey, which we'll get into um, in just a little bit. But, you know, for our last question for this uh, portion of the interview um, in our uh, three-part series is I wanted to ask you about, you know, just even going backpedaling a little bit. Um, just the boy who was growing up, because it's always interesting to me when you look at leaders and you think they've overcome some major obstacles in their lives and how did they get where they are? Like it didn't just happen. And usually it doesn't happen to people who just everything kind of went well. So, um, you know, what are the um, successes and challenges? What cultivated the person you are to now be in this position as president of the semiconductor division at TTI and an industry leader um, and influencer. So what behind the scenes cultivated this man who's here today? Um, and that's, yeah, that's a really uh, um, interesting train of thought. And I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary that a person have a lot of adversity in, in their early life in order to, you know, become world-class at something, for instance. Um, but I do notice that uh, that is a common trait and it, it happens to be uh, part of my origin story. Um, I didn't have a, a, a very secure home, but that's nothing uh, unusual. I, I, unfortunately, loads and loads of people grow up in, in broken homes and I did as well. So I, where I, what it did for me was um, instill in me a, um, uh, I don't know, a, a really deep focus and desire to create security in my life. Um, I've worked since I was, I don't know, 12 years old. And I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, so I cleaned bar. Um, I worked at a place called Famous Pizza in Royers Ford. Um, I cooked at a McDonald's in Pottstown. Um, so it, very early on, I, I learned the value of money. And, but more importantly, those were really hard jobs and it made me appreciate every job that I've uh, ever had. Uh, since then, uh, it's made me appreciate and take the long view on my relationships. Um, and it's, it really is, I, I honestly, I wouldn't, think the way I am, or think the way I do, or be the person I am if I hadn't uh, uh, come through all of that. But one of the probably most important parts of that whole experience was why well, I didn't have a very se secure and enriching direct family life. I went and built my own family through friends, uh, parents of friends. I would go actively adopt uh, a, f a family out of my social group and uh, you know, sleep on people's couches. And I've, I've been on my own since uh, I was 16 and but wouldn't have survived it if there wasn't a group of people out there who really cared about me, uh, helped me, pulled me out of trouble when I got into trouble. And there was lots of that. Um, and um, so anyway, you, you know, put it all together, add a little, uh, a little heat and pressure and voila. Well, I would have to say that, you know, everybody's story is different, 
but sometimes you do meet people who they just had this uh, great experience, this great childhood, and then they landed in, in a great job. That's more rare. And I think that some of what we find in our um, leaders across so many industries is really the heart and soul of the person and what drives them and the hunger. Sometimes when you overcome obstacles in life, it, it, it's, there's a hunger. There's a hunger to succeed. And there's also a healthy fear of failure that sometimes uh, we end up acquiring. So anyway, Michael, I just sure. commend you for overcoming some of these obstacles. But um, we actually will um, talk more to you about your how you got started in the career industry and some more uh, questions for you coming up in our next to uh, second part of the series. So for now, thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for being here today. And we look forward to talking to you further. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Jackie. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.